0: Hello my friends, you are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. You're listening to Grit and Grace, where I have the opportunity to interview some of the most amazing women that do unique services for women and sometimes for men and women. But here we talk a lot to women entrepreneurs and leaders that are really just crushing it in life and doing so many just killer things. And today I have Lisa Sharp with me and she is a sty- she's the stylish sparrow and I don't know if I said that right, but we're going to talk to her in a minute, but she's a personal wardrobe stylist. On a mission to bring freedom to women when they get dressed every day. She works with women who are tired of feeling frustrated when they stand in front of their closet to get dressed. And listen, ladies, I know how many of you feel that way. We all do, all week long, actually. And the end result is that her clients open doors to their closet and love everything that they see. They get to enjoy getting dressed and walk out the door feeling confident and looking fabulous. And she specializes in enjoying fashion on a socially conscious and planet-friendly way so that everyone can be free. Lisa, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And listen, I was thinking a lot about this on my my way to meet you today to do this recording. And a lot of women that I've brought on the show, we talk a lot around how and why women lack confidence in certain areas in business, especially when it comes to standing up for themselves or asking for that promotion, or if they're launching a business to feel that they have the confidence to think 10 times bigger, where most men do naturally feel that way, like why women don't. And I know that how we feel about ourselves is a huge part of that. And what we wear reflects how we feel about ourselves. So I'm like seeing like all the dominoes kind of like fall and go back to aha, okay, so our, our wardrobe is more than just the clothes we wear. It's the confidence we feel in ourselves.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And it all starts on the inside.
0: Mm. And I
1: like to say that um, women's personal style is connected to the essence of who they are. And that can get buried underneath a lot of things as women in our culture. Mm. Um, it could be as broad as the media As a reason that it gets buried, it could also be because um, we have some issues with our femininity, which also Mm. can be cultural related or also sometimes family of origin
0: Mm -hmm.
1: related Mm -hmm. life transitions, Mm. I think, are a big one for women because we are evolving and changing so much and. As we evolve and change through our life, our personal style needs to evolve and a change with us. Mm. But a lot of times these changes are happening so fast that our closet hasn't caught up to where we are. Yes, so much. Yes. In life. Yes. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we open the doors of our closet and we don't love everything we see. And we think, what am I supposed to wear now? Yeah. Things
0: are different. Yes. See, this is what this is. This is the whole point of this conversation. And I when you and I first spoke about that, I my brain went back to all the like the different transitions I've had in my life. And I can specifically remember those transitions were the times that I bought the most clothes and not the most expensive clothes. It was never about that. It was the clothes that and, and with now I have the words because you gave them to me, but I didn't have them then. But actually, that reflected how I felt.
1: Yes. yes. Right? Because the inner informs the outer and the outer informs the inner, meaning these inner transitions. If we're going through deep personal growth or um, something really deeply personally and personal and painful, like a divorce or the loss of a loved one, that can have a domino effect and trigger identity issues. Who am I now that I'm single, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so those inner questions that we have that come from our life's transitions cause us to ask, what is my new normal now when I get Mm. dressed in the morning in this new context of my life? So the outer informs the inner in that regard, and other times the inner informs the outer in that who am I? How do I want to express this? I, I want to show this sexy part of myself, or I want to show this bold part of myself, or I want to show this powerful facet of who I am. And these unexpressed parts of ourselves sometimes get lost and we don't feel whole as we present ourselves Mm -hmm. every day in our lives.
0: And I I mean, I know that a lot of our listeners are in business, um, either, you know, high level management position or entrepreneurs. And, you know, I know in my past career, before I started my own business, I was very much wearing the part. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I was wearing the part. I specifically chose certain colors. I always had the same style of pants or skirt and dress shirt and jacket. Now, you you know I'm a little funky, so I always had my own little twist on it, whether it would be my hair or I'd let a tattoo peek out or I'd wear a really funky pair of earrings or something. But I those were not naturally the, cho- the clothes I would have liked to have worn. I was wearing it because I felt like it was the armor that I needed to crush those days, and I know a lot of women do that. So, how do you? I mean, how do you merge the two? What you need to conform to, so you're not like, you know, wearing neon pink, you know, <laughs> pants and you know, and a turtleneck at work, but still being able to express yourself in a professional way.
1: It is. It is very important to have both elements in place to feel like you are being able to express yourself as an individual and as a woman, if you identify as a woman. And also take into account the context of where you are. What are you doing? Where are you working? What is your role? All of that has to come together seamlessly in what you wear. And I think I like how you use the word armor. Mm -hmm. Because I think particularly as women, um, it's with women it's almost a defensive Mm -hmm. move more than an offensive move for a lot of us.
0: And isn't it can go both ways, right? You can totally cover up and appear masculine or you can let the the, the breasts have forefront and center, low cut shirts, tight pants. That's armor too. Good point. Right? I mean, I, I see it. I see people in in a lot of the circles that I, especially in my fitness side of, of my life that wear things that I think, you know, lady, you are beautiful. You don't need to, you don't need to, you're boobs to be fallen out of your shirt to feel more beautiful um, so I think the armor comes in a lot of ways definitely
1: um, there's a, a man that I know um, that's a stylist for men and he exclusively works with men and he talks about men putting on their armor to go do battle mm. and I think um, I'd be curious on your thoughts about this but I I think as women it is it can be offensive but I think there is the defensive part of feeling the need to protect ourselves. You know, when you think about me Too moments and sexual harassment, or as one of my clients said, I don't want to dress in such a way to distract from my work. And she was a high powered executive Mm. in the oil and gas industry. And despite her best efforts at wearing her armor and keeping everything under wraps in the end, she still had her me too moment and decided to leave that profession and her career and is going in a different direction right now, not as a reaction to what happened to her, that there was more to it as to why she left than that one single incident. But I think to think that we can dress ourselves in such a way in order to stop or prevent certain things
0: from happening to us is really, Mm. um, it's a good question. You know, I, I not true. Yeah. I, I would say personally, I never thought of it in that way. I would say that I worked, you know, in an organization for many, many years um, that is heavily male-dominated. It was an automobile trade association, and it was international, and there were very few women in leadership positions. And in my role, I wanted to blend more. I wanted to stand out less. You know, I, I wanted people to listen to me as the leader, not because of what I looked like, um, but because of the work that I did. So I, I specifically downplayed my feminine side all, all, on a regular basis, for at least for the first half of that period of time that I worked there. And then I realized that when I kind of stepped back and was myself a little bit more and loosened up a little bit, instead of trying to be one of the guys, I tried to just be myself. And that meant I'm a woman. I mean, things are going to be a little different. It changed the dynamics of a lot of relationships and made them better. Um, because then I was able to connect with them on a people to people level, not, you know, a leader to a follower level. And it was a, I mean, I don't even really know that I thought of it as consciously as one day just feeling like, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to be like them to do this job well. So I wouldn't say that I ever wore armor in terms of like preventing a situation. I did it to blend, to stand out less. It was camouflage. That's a better word. It was camouflage. Yeah yeah, I mean, I, and honestly, I would have my hair in a bun in the back. I wouldn't i I really did everything that I could to be less feminine. I wouldn't wear lipstick. Um, there's just certain things I did for a long time
1: well, the the name I chose stylish sparrow. I chose sparrow because there are lots of different kinds of sparrows, and their feathers serve various purposes. Um, in order to stand out or to demarcate what type of sparrow it is, The feathers serve that purpose to tell you, you know, if it's a North American sparrow or an English sparrow or whatnot, their feathers also serve to camouflage so that they can blend in. And so I think we do the same with our clothing. Sometimes we want to stand out like you talked about, um, not, and sometimes we don't want to. So I think our feathers are our
0: clothing. Mm. (laughs) Our clothing is our feathers. I like that so much. It's so true. This is this is just so fascinating. And, and, you know, I think about it more since we had our last conversation, even in days when I'm going to the grocery store or um, I'll I'll tell you recently, somebody made a comment to me about something I was wearing at the gym. And it's I have like four gym outfits and I they're nice gym. I mean, they're nice, good quality, but they're like the same four all the time because I don't it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but somebody said something about what I was wearing. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I wear this all the time. And they're like, oh, it looks different today. And it's because I had tied it like in a knot, my shirt on the side. And I I realized that I actually do think about what I'm wearing everywhere, whether I'm going to the store or I'm going to go get gas or even just going to take my dog to the dog park. I don't always I don't leave with track pants on. It's just my nature. I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll wear shorts today or maybe I'll put on, you know, I really love that little funky pair of tights and you know a, a, I don't know a sports bra because I can but I wouldn't have done that when I was younger I would have been less conscious of how my clothing reflects how I feel do you think that comes with wisdom
1: absolutely mm. absolutely I really enjoy working with women age 40 to 60 I'll work with any woman any age yes. for sure but I think that I can particularly relate to women in this age group because I'm smack dab in the middle of it at yeah. 50. And I think that personal first of all,
0: you do not look 50. You well, look amazing. Well, thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> you look much. amazing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um I think that personal style is closely tied to our sense of self and I think it takes a while to really feel solid in who we are and I think that we really start coming into our own as women around the age of 40. Um not to make anything less valuable before mm. age 40. I think there's all kinds of evolutions and iterations that that culminate at this Mm mid-life marker.
0: Like the examples I just gave you of recognizing that now I am very specific about those things, which I never was before.
1: I find myself surrounded by women who are doing what they want to do (sighs) instead of what they feel like they should do or what they have to do. Um, A lot of women um, over 40 have, quote, paid their dues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have the freedom now to do what they want to do. And so then they have the freedom to dress how they want to dress and they also want to pay attention to it.
0: I love it. Okay. So let's get let's get into a little bit about how this works. So walk me through what it's like when you work with someone to help them figure out where they're at in life and if their wardrobe reflects where they're at. And, and also I just want to tell people it's going to change. So, don't get, don't. I'm a believer in not getting attached to stuff anyway because it's just, it's just stuff. You should be attached to your joy and your happiness and your journey, not your stuff. But I will admit that there are a few things in my wardrobe that I really love, like my Freebird boots. And they're going to be with me forever. I don't care how much I change, but things, fantastic. Yay. <laughs> things, I mean, they sparkle joy. Let's put it that way. And we're going to talk, we're, we need to talk about Marie Kondo. I want to talk about this whole sparkle joy thing. Um, but things will change. That's what I want people to know, that don't feel like you're going to go through this process once and just be able to have this perfectly crafted wardrobe that is going to suit you forever. It's going to suit you right now today. But you know what? Tomorrow it might be different. So you might go through the process more than once. Yeah, I think it's it's um,
1: it's curating your wardrobe so that it always is in alignment with who you are and where you go and what you do. I was a social worker for 18 years before I started doing this. And so Mm -hmm. I really view people within the context of their lifestyle and what lifestyle means is where you go and what you do, those sorts of things, Mm -hmm. the external part, but it all connects to the internal part of who you are. So that's how I like to work with women. So I start out with a questionnaire and the first question is how do you feel when you walk in your closet Mm -hmm. to get dressed every day? And I would say That's um, such a
0: good question. So everybody that's listening, that's what you need to do next time. Mm-hmm. You walk in your wardrobe, just like take a breath first and and before you walk in, just think about what you're gonna feel when you walk in that moment and put a put a, put some language to it.
1: And I sorted through the questionnaires. I've worked with around a hundred clients been in almost 100 closets. It might be a little over. I need to count. You need to count. Because that's count. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be a cool. fun thing to celebrate, yeah. the 100th closet. That's cool. And there's yeah. going to be something special maybe for that I, person. I was going to
0: say, maybe we should make that my closet. Yes, yes I want to be the 100th. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Let's <laughs> set do it. that intention. You, and and you, you go count on your end, and I will go see how I feel when I walk in my closet tomorrow. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Well, the, um, the top four words after I counted, you know, which words came up most frequently for women were... Bored, uninspired, overwhelmed, and frustrated. Wow. And I think all those different things happen for different reasons. Um, But I thought it was pretty interesting that those were the four most common words. The best descriptor I got from a woman in answer to that question was, um, how do you feel when you walk in your closet to get dressed every day? Her answer was, like I'm on the deck of the Titanic rearranging the chairs and the chairs are very old and they all need
0: to be replaced. Oh my goodness. Isn't that fantastic? That's so funny. Very she, well needed, said. she needed some, she needed some shopping time. Yes, mm. definitely. Interesting. Okay. So what are some of the other questions you look for at the beginning?
1: Um, how does she want to feel? Mm. You know, what are we going towards? Um, questions about what's going on in her life you know getting into some of those things in the beginning of our conversations what are some transitions that are going on because a lot of times we we haven't even put the pieces of the puzzle together to realize how these external circumstances of a career change or a move across country or a size change, how all of that is, Um, creating that question of what am I supposed to wear now? What is my new normal? So I think pausing to take stock of where she is in her life. So that's kind of the social worker piece of the assessment so that we can really approach this with the whole view of what's going on in her life, not just the closet and the clothes, because it's all interrelated, obviously.
0: And I'm sure that there must be a lot of women who, The changes in their size of their body has so greatly impacted how they feel about their wardrobe. And I I mean, I know specifically for me when I had my kids, when my sizing went up and even after my kids, when I couldn't fit back into my clothes, I it just it it hurts. And it's and and you don't want to go buy new stuff because your goal is to fit back into those clothes Um, and you have such an attachment to that size. Whereas now, um, you don't you probably don't know this about me, but I come from a family of flat. Backsides. I was going to say a different word that begins with A. Um, (laughs) I I come from a family of flat backsides, so I've worked really hard over the last few years on my derriere, and none of my like shorts from last summer fit. So I've reached the goal, my fitness goals that I wanted, but it's changed the muscle mass in my body, so my clothes don't fit. And it's the first time I feel really good about that. I'm like, oh, yes, baby's got back, baby's got back, (laughs) and and. I understand that that's not the normal feeling we all get when our booty gets bigger, but a lot of sizing issues must be tied to how women feel about their clothes.
1: Absolutely. And their body, their relationship with their body. Mm. I like to use the phrase relationship with our body as opposed to body image, Mm. because I think body image takes us up into our head and it's kind of this um, objectifying ourselves with that phrase, body image. But if we say relationship with my body, relationships evolve relationships grow and change. And, and so same with our bodies, we have different feelings and associations with our bodies and our relationship with our body throughout our life. So yes, it's, it's intrinsically tied. Mm. And so that's the way I like to talk about it. And I, I have been asked to, to speak to groups about, um well, how, let's talk about how you dress for, you know, what if you have really big thighs and you want to make them look smaller and this sort of thing. And I don't, I don't do that and I told them that I wouldn't come speak to their group in that mm-hmm. way because I don't I don't see bodies or parts of our bodies as problems. Mhm. They're parts of our bodies in this
0: So how do you Okay, so how do you do that if somebody is in a in a bad place? I mean, they're just they're not in a good place. They're not loving themselves enough. They're not happy with the way they look. They, you know, we know we you and I both even just sitting here can Off the top of our head, you know, name several people in our lives that we know feel that way. So, what is the process you do first before you get into the wardrobe, or is that something that you service out, or do you do that that therapeutic part?
1: I want to I want to um, take a moment and just um, be vulnerable and honest and transparent and say that I can relate to this myself sometimes too, as a woman of age fifty, and now I have a belly, and I never used to have a belly, and. Sure. In my mind, sometimes I think I'd like to be about seven to 10 pounds smaller, Mm. maybe. And if I could just take a little off here. And so I do struggle with those thoughts myself. And I also don't buy into that. And I don't give them power. And I don't believe it. And I don't live from that place. But I want to be honest and say that I do have those thoughts. And so... The way I approach it for myself and for clients that I work with and people who are interested in working with me is that today matters. Today is important. What are you doing today? Are you picking up your kids from school? Are you going to work? Are you going to an art class? Are you exercising? If every moment matters in this culture where we're trying to become more mindful, then today matters. So how I feel about myself matters i deserve to feel really good about myself whether i'm at my ideal weight or not and so what's going to motivate me more what's going to motivate you more is it shame and punishment and deprivation until i hit a certain goal or is it love embracing wholeness authenticity and i think if we can start to embrace ourselves as the ideal beauty just the way we are today, no changes, and adorn ourselves and feel confident and beautiful and reveal our shape in a really beautiful way instead of hiding our shape, that's transformation. Mm. That's a deep, genuine, real transformation. That's where it starts. And yes, I have health and fitness goals. I want to be healthy. I want to feel good. All of that. And I am pursuing that and and I accept where I am today wholeheartedly, and I want every woman to have that freedom
0: so how do you how do you get a woman there if she's not? Is this a lengthy process of communication, or is it a process where the woman that's going through that needs to um, you know, maybe find their way to that, that place. And I, I know that place, I understand what you're saying, but I can imagine that there are a lot of people that are not in that place.
1: I don't think it's my job to get them there. Yeah. And I, you know, I talk about these things and, and they see how they respond and what resonates with them and what they're ready for. Um, but I, I do um, have someone that I've met that I can refer women mm. to that, is a body relationship expert and um, is all about freedom with Mm -hmm. food and exercise and relationship with body and that sort of thing. Um, I do think, though, that it's not an either or. I think, like we were talking about earlier, that the inner informs the outer Mm -hmm. and the outer informs the inner. And I think that when a woman is ready, I think that working with an expert like the woman I'm referring to, Sin, I think working with her and myself in tandem could mm-hmm. be really powerful. That makes a lot
0: of sense. Instead
1: of feeling, cause you know, I think sometimes we can, can kind of do this mode of, if you get all your stuff together, then you're ready for the next thing. And life doesn't work Mm-mm. like that.
0: It doesn't. Mm-mm. And I, I also, I like the part that you're talking about the outer influencing the inner, because there is something to be said about when you put on a totally, you know, kick ass outfit, there is something that happens inside. There yeah. is just something and, and everybody's version of what that means is, is different. And you and I were talking about a presentation I was doing, um, you know, in, at pod in Florida. And I remember us having that conversation and it's so important that you feel really, really good when you're getting in front of big audiences. But then you realize it's really important that you feel really, really good in your clothes every day, not just when you're getting on a stage.
1: That's right. That's yeah. right. Because I think what we wear creates, um, energetically we, we, stand a little taller we carry ourselves with a little more pride sometimes we speak with a little more authority Mm -hmm. a little more spring in our step maybe a little more sass yeah all of that yeah and then that reverberates out and creates a reaction from other people around us that then re-informs us
0: and reinforces what we've started so Yeah, that's really, and I think that that's really interesting because, you know, as soon as I get done for the day and I go home or if I'm working at home that day or whatever it is, when I'm ready to clock out, the first thing what I am going to do, I'm going to change my clothes. It's the first thing I do and I'm going to put on the most comfortable, whatever it is that I want to wear that moment. And I can visibly feel my body go, oh, thank goodness. Yes, me too. Me too. See, and that's, but that is, that is us, that is us signaling you know that we're now in the comfy zone it's time to get comfy and yeah that really it really impacts our energy a lot i love that you yes. you talk about the exterior impacting the interior as much as the interior impacting the exterior
1: i'm glad you brought up that piece i call those kinds of clothes my home alone clothes yeah. and i keep them all together in one place in my closet oh, so do. when i go home like that can go to my home alone section and get all comfy you know my favorite pair of sweatpants actually has a little hole in it but i don't care cuz they're just perfect and i think i think i think it's about being conscious about what we're wearing like like you talked about going home like what is the feeling that you're going for being comfortable and unfurling and relaxing and sometimes if i'm out doing errands or something like that and i don't want to make a giant effort i don't and i give myself permission to have a day off. Mm. Sometimes I like camping and backpacking and that sort of travel right Mm. now in my life more than any other kind of travel because of the work that I do, because I feel like I can just be Mm. and sink into the environment. And my clothes are very functional and that's a very conscious decision and a choice that I make. Mm -hmm. If I am gardening in the front yard or something like that, and I want to go to the store, I just consciously remember, Hey, this is your day off and if you run into someone and you feel a little embarrassed about how you look, like you're just a regular person, and it's okay mm-hmm. to give yourself a day off because
0: yeah, I deal with that reaction from other people too. Yeah, I'm sure if you showed up in like a ratty old t-shirt and something that doesn't match or looks silly, people are going to think, wait, aren't aren't you like a wardrobe specialist? Like, why are you? But but I am a believer in, and this is why. You know, this, this, this is a, a part of me that I so relate to is I like my comfortable clothes. They matter as much to me as my outdoor clothes. And everybody's different, right? I, I like a, a fancy, like a comfortable sports bra and like hip hugger style shorts or pants. And it's part of it's because I can not have a lot of layers on and just truly be myself. And I can't go to the grocery store like that. That would probably be frowned upon. And so I have to put a covering on. so I found from all these like vintage stores, all these like ripped T-shirts and ripped tank tops. And that's what I put over top of that. And it's, it feels so funky and they're like a dollar. It's like your cover up yes, <laughs> to go out. It's like to go out, but underneath I'm wearing something that makes me feel so good.
1: I think it's really nice to have a base layer that you wear at home oh, yeah. is what I call it. Whether it's yoga pants and an exercise top or um, your shorts and your, Tank top. Mm-hmm. And then when you do head out, you can put on an outer layer. So you feel a little bit of that. Um, maybe it's armor. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's just, modesty. A bit to, just to be appropriate, maybe yeah, just to be appropriate, to fit the mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. It's different depending on what it is for me. Sometimes it's just, I, I just want to feel a little, a little up level
0: mm-hmm. from
1: when I leave the house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's just that little outer layer. So for me, in the fall and the winter, it's a really great chunky cardigan sweater and a hat and a scarf and some cute boots on top of the leggings and the t-shirt. And I've and then seen then some of outfit. your pictures
0: of you in hats and you look good in hats. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: They cover a multitude of sins yeah. and they look, fantastic <laughs> they look fantastic instantly. I love hats. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's go back to this process. So you're going to go through a place to just figure out where a woman is when you're meeting with her. You're going to find out you know, what transitions are happening in her life how she feels about her current wardrobe, like everything that's going on with her emotionally, um, you know, in her mind and in her heart. And that's, I'm sure, part of the process. What, what would be like step two in that? Once you kind of have an idea of where that's at, and you're welcome to use me as an example because you know that I am sort of transitioning into don't need, you know, you know this, we've talked about it, I don't need to wear the corporate, you know, gig clothes anymore. And so I've transitioned into wearing the things I'm comfortable with. But I, I, I still have a little edge, but I, I'm still a girl. So I want the combination of all those things. And so I put a little time into it. Yeah. But I don't know that I love everything in my wardrobe. So what would you do for me the next step? What would be our the process? The first
1: step for everyone, I think, is to edit and organize. Mm. And it's it's a three-step process okay. that I take people all right, through. Tell me about that. And then, it you know, where we start depends on where they're at. It's very few people that I've worked with that we can start at step two. There's Mm. been two or three of them, just a handful out of everyone I've worked with Um, because step one is to edit and organize. And during that editing and organizational process, it's important to take stock of what you own, figure out which things really are in alignment with where you are in your life right now and what you're doing and separate those things from the things that are obviously not. And then there's usually a middle section that emerges that's the question mark Mm. that you're not sure. Do these items just need to be restyled and retooled so that they fit where I am in life right now? Or is there something not quite right about the item that's making me hesitate? And so that's what the editing is all about. And you mentioned Marie Kondo. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask you, is this kind of an example of that where you need to go through and hold each item or try each item on, first of all, to see if it fits because my question is going to be do we keep the stuff that doesn't fit if we want i mean my booty might get smaller one day and i might fit back into those my favorite pair of daisy dukes but i think it's unlikely at this point should i keep them or not and and are they going to be relevant at that point yeah down the road is true. important to consider and do i want to wear shorts that show my butt cheeks once i'm you know past 45 i mean that's another question altogether
1: <laughs> and you don't have to just, you, you don't have to know right now so that would be that's a middle ground item that, that would, would be a middle, middle ground okay that would totally be in the middle and you know marie kondo talks about getting rid of everything that doesn't spark joy and I'll take it a step further because I think it's important to ask ourselves, how do we get to this place where we even have to ask that question over and over and over again? Why are our clothes closets overflowing with clothes? And yet we feel like we have nothing to wear as American women. We're wearing 20% of what we own. How did we get here and why is Marie Kondo so popular right now? And it's because we're not sure what we're bringing home into our closet. We don't, We don't know how to choose things really effectively when we're in the store. Mm. And then I think in the process of letting go and editing like we would do in your closet, I think it's important to understand why we're letting certain items go. You were able to name all the reasons why you might let this pair of shorts go. Mm -hmm. And that's a very obvious example for you. But what if it's something that you have mixed feelings about? You like the color; it feels pretty good, but something's just not quite right. You're not sure what it is, and so you toss it. I think it's really important to name and figure out why you're not wearing it, why you're not choosing it, and why it's just hanging there. And so, I have five five star criteria that I, we can apply to each item as we're editing for those things that you're really not sure about. So we can name: is it the color that you're not sure about? Is it the style? Is it the fit? Does it serve a purpose in your life right now, or is it more from that corporate chapter? Is it relevant? It falls mm-hmm. under that purpose question. And then the fifth one is, does it bring you delight? Does it light you up? Does it make you happy when you look at it? And so every single item that we bring home into our closet needs to fit into this five-star criteria.
0: All of them should mm-hmm. fit all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and the same criteria I apply to items as we're editing because if we don't know why we're getting rid of something, if we just say it doesn't spark joy for me and out the door it goes, we're at a very high risk of repeating that mistake or buying something that we regret because we haven't named what doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. We might buy that same style in a different color because we didn't name that it's the style that isn't right for us. So that's why I think the editing part is crucial and I I really try and encourage people to do that with me and to do it together, so that they can so start to see. So you do that not with them,
0: yes, and you do that with them,
1: yes. And I bring a mirror ah. to every appointment, or if I'm doing a closet session virtually, I make sure that they have a mirror and good lighting set up, so that they can look in the mirror and see for themselves what works and doesn't work about it.
0: Now, do you follow any standards when it comes to what colors match? You know particular hair colors like I mean, is there any sort of like traditional matching of you know eye colors i mean there's a there's a woman that was at an event that I was at um actually, the event was at the mainstream boutique in Aurora, and the woman there was a a, a i don't know what she, i think she was a style guide i I can't remember her name exactly, but we were talking colors, and I had a deep conversation with her because you know I wear a lot of black, and she said. She walked me through the whole conversation. We tried on a bunch of stuff, and it turns out I look really good in blue, and I own zero that's blue. And I have, since then, I've I've looked a couple times. I've gone to a section. I'm like, okay, I really like that blue. I really like that blue. And then I put it on, and I'm like, ah. Does it
1: feel like you're wearing someone else's item of clothing? I mean,
0: it just feels really bright. It feels really flashy, and I'm like, I... I I guess I already feel flashy a little bit, so I want I want to tone it down. That's why I wear a lot of black. How does green feel for you? Like it doesn't match.
1: Still too flashy.
0: Yeah, but I'd wear red. What about olive green? Feels like clashes. Okay, uh, but I, I definitely like red, and I like um, purple. I mean, those I mean, and see, you have this beautiful like blue design on your black shirt and you have this matching blue necklace. And that whole combination there is like, oh, yeah, that looks great together. But you have the blue parts of it on a black shirt. It's an
1: art and it's a practice. And I think that um, I think it'd be really fun to go through your closet and see I know, what it's so interesting. Yeah. Like kind of what your go to's are and, and see what some of these other colors are that you're drawn to that you feel like are a little bit much. And you could start with something simple like an accessory or a yeah. scarf or a belt or a bag or shoes or something like that. That's away from your face. So that you kind of just slowly start to see how that mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm. and add a little accent because that's so easy to do with your black mm. base layer. And then in time see how that evolves. So you're for focusing
0: you. more on, on how the the whole package feels, not like what colors match your eyes. Because the reason why it was blue is because it it really made my eyes pop and I, I understood that part. Do you, And they look green right now. They do. Is that what they do? That's That's so That's why I was saying green. I have to tell you, my son has the most... I just noticed the other day, this is totally off topic because I go off topic sometimes on tangents. Um, We were driving. My son was driving me, which doesn't happen very often. He's 21, but he has a fancy car, like one of those fast speed cars, like a Subaru WRX. So I don't really get in his car very often, but he took me for dinner. And I'm driving the car and we were stopped at this light and the sun was shining and his eyes were so green. I'm like, holy... Goodness! I, how do I not notice your eyes so green? And he's like, "I'm your kid, mom. I should know your eye color. You should know my eye color." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I think I would have thought they were green, but they look really green right now." And he's like, "Mom, your eyes look really green too." And I'm like, "No, my eyes are blue." He's like, "They're green." I'm like, "My driver's license says blue." They'll kind of probably take on whatever color that's you put with so it. So interesting. Bit.
1: So I don't follow. Um, I don't, I'm not a color consultant. I do. Okay. I do love what they do. And I think there's so much value in it. That's
0: what it was. That's the that's what I was struggling with. They're, they're
1: really good. At, and I think it's a great place to start and get some really good foundational information about mm-hmm. what's kind of what's really strong for you. Um, I do. I take it. I boil it down a little more simple than that. And I think it's just as basic as holding up colors to yourself that you're attracted to and looking in the mirror and seeing if it creates radiance for you around your skin and your face. And what is your response as you see yourself with that color and then take something that's the opposite that you know is a really bad color for you and putting it up and holding it and seeing the difference, that contrast. You, You do it a few times and it starts to become really obvious which colors bring you radiance and which colors do not. And that's what I'm looking for when when I'm shopping with clients or when we're going through their wardrobe together is which colors bring them radiance. And I think, um, color psychology is really interesting mm. as well to incorporate mm. into that.
0: So you, so this so you first step you've edited, you've gone through, you've sorted what's step two.
1: Step two is to shop your closet and it's okay. the most fun part. And it's where we dive in and see how many new outfits we can create from what you already Oh, own. so you
0: can help put things together. Oh, that creative piece is so important because we see the same things all the time. Oh, I, she's shaking her head. Yes. I'm like, yes, I can imagine. Oh, that would be fun. So you've gotten rid of the stuff that is no longer, doesn't suit you anymore. Your closet only consists of the stuff that does suit you. And you just start mixing and matching in different yes. ways. Oh, and we take fun. photos of really? every outfit
1: on your phone. Oh, <gasps> So that you can organize them into you know, the categories of your life. These are my weekend outfits. These are my party outfits. These are my work outfits and so on. And taking wow. the, the photos is really fun because we bring in the shoes and the accessories and everything, head to toe, scarves, all of that, so that you can scroll through your phone and get dressed and start to see everything you own and how to really effectively use it deeply and get them You know, squeeze all the juice out of it and get all the mileage that's there. You've already invested in all these pieces. You chose them for a reason. You brought them home. So let's see all the possibilities that you can do with that. And then during that process, I keep track of a shopping list so that if we see that you need a great pair of slim leg black pants and a bomber jacket in olive green, we've got that written down Mm. because that's going to give you three to five new outfits, let's say. So it's a strategic shopping list that's going to help you get even more knowledge of what you own. So how exciting. The third step is to get what you need, go shopping, shop with a plan, strategically add what's needed.
0: I love it. And do you shop at any particular stores or does the, uh, does your the client, the woman you're working with choose? She chooses.
1: Oh, okay. And I, I start by asking where does she like to shop? And I can already tell from working in her closet you know where she has liked shopping and where she feels comfortable and then from there i can add some suggestions that i think she'll really like and i think it's really fun to to work within her comfort zone and also provide some items that are a little bit of a stretch a little bit risky and help her see another possibility for herself that'll add another layer that'll create a lot of more interest love it outside of what she normally does it'll still feel like her
0: Love it. So, so amazing, Lisa. I love what you're doing. And the Sparrow name to me is just so wonderful. Um, This is interesting. There's lots of people that need this process. And just to think about how this change will impact how you feel day to day. And I I told you, it's already impacted me since our first conversation, because I, I think about it a little bit more. And I realized that I actually spend just as much time thinking about my casual at home clothes, because it's the time that I can feel really feminine and really like comfortable and sexy and, and, and it's, it's just me. And I love that feeling. Um, so it's, it's been an interesting process so far and you haven't even come into my closet. I can't wait till you I can't wait as well, but I told you I've already been in the process over the last like six months of letting go of a whole bunch of stuff, not just in my closet in my house. So I'm pretty wheedled down. Oh, I just thought of something. You know what I didn't tell you is when I delivered that presentation that we spoke about, I wore a navy blue dress. How was it? It was perfect. And here's what happened. I walked into JCPenney to get, I don't even remember what it was, a tank top or something. I needed like an undershirt for something. And I walked through and I look over and in the dress section on this clearance rack was this beautiful lace floral dress. And I walked up to the dress and I looked at it and it's my (laughs) size. It was 50% off. I didn't even try it on. I brought it back home and I knew that's what I was going to wear. And I'm like, okay, that was... That was interesting. (laughs) I just, I just manifested the perfect outfit (laughs) for the right price price. in the right size, and it was literally within days of speaking to you. It was beautiful, fantastic. But it's, it was the thought process. It was in my mind. What I actually just contemplated it. What do I feel the best on that I can wear on stage that's going to have a recording that i'm going to use for lots of things down the road that makes me feel feminine but is also allows me to have the edge and the edge for me was just allowing my tattoos to show right it was a sleeveless dress so that's yeah. fantastic yeah that was an interesting I experience love that. so you've you've already made a lot of change in my life and you haven't even been into my wardrobe yet so this is amazing i'm so happy about that and i'm happy to hear how
1: much pleasure you find in getting dressed these days mhm it can be pleasurable and
0: enjoyable and if it's not Let's talk. And it can be reflective of who you are. Yes. And it can be painless. I mean, that's that's the thing. So uh, I already know the answer to the question. The first question is, how do I feel when I walk in my wardrobe? Well, now... I have it's it's this is actually, again, side tangent. The funny thing is, is when I'm not recording in studio here where we are, which we are at Be Creative Media in Lakewood, if you guys are looking for good space for events or to do anything creative, you need to check out Beth Oden at Be Creative. That's a little shout out. It Um, is a lovely space. It's a great space. Yeah. So if I'm not here and I'm recording at home, any podcaster knows that when you first start your podcast before you have space, we often record in our closets because the clothes, especially walk in closets, the clothes Create a really good soundproof room, so I did a, a Zoom recording a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine who we did a Zoom recording before and compared to now. And she, when we got on the call, she's like, "Is your clo- Are your clothes now color like organized?" And I'm like, "Yes, I actually now have my clothes sectioned by color, by by like casual, dressy, and then and then funky." By color, she's like, that is just so crazy. And I'm like, isn't it amazing? I like it even more. So I I definitely get a lot of joy when I walk in my closet now.
1: That's fantastic. I think it's all about grouping like items together, Mm. whether it's by color or sleeve length or purpose. Like work versus outside of work and that purpose. Sort of thing. That's the
0: that's the word. I I never I never really thought about. I do that naturally just because I have so many gym clothes. Um, but I like to have them. My gym clothes look nice in my closet too because I want to wake up and think like, oh yeah, what am I going to wear today? Even though it's only like four or five things to choose from, I still get to
1: choose. There's a lot of research out there now about clutter and organization and how it affects us and mm. how it clears our mind when we have an organized space. And also I saw one recently that talked about how living in clutter can make us sick, physically ill. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of research and science catching up to all of this. I'm not surprised. Trend.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I've, I've listened to a whole bunch of shows about that, too, only just because I have gone through the process of, you know, watching my grandmother pass away and having all of, you know, her 80 some odd years worth of stuff. Instead of going to my dad, who's an only child, it all like went to me because I had a basement space to store it and then it's taken us years to go through it all one by one and it's it has been it hangs over my head. it actually hangs there's just so much stuff it hangs over my head. so going through and clearing all of that out, there is something very very um, growth oriented about that and there's a book about that. I don't know the name of the book, but I read a book about how letting stuff go and really organizing everything all at once Mm. um, is life-changing.
1: Absolutely. I I believe it. And I notice a difference in myself if I'm living in a cluttered environment versus if I have things neatly organized. And I tend to cycle through. My closet stays 100% organized all the time, but the rest of my house. Mm. (laughs) So so funny. I, I like Thich Not Hans um, saying about things falling apart and coming together, and falling apart and coming together. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true because we actually just keep bringing stuff back to our house, but we never, never go through it. And every time we bring something home, we don't get rid of something, which is what we should do, really. And there was a I listened to a podcast recently about that spiritually doing that spiritually that every time we allow something to get dumped into our our brain, we don't extract something else, so it clogs up your brain just like it does with stuff. It was a really fascinating. I've um, never
1: heard that concept.
0: Yeah, it was such a, a good way to think about it. But the per- they started the explanation by we bring stuff home all the time. Every day we bring something new home. And what we do is that stuff just piles up and piles up and piles up. And then in the spring, it used to be that was your spring cleaning time. You got rid of all the junk. but. This philosophy is, you know, you should every day think about what items like physical items did I bring into my house that day? And what then physical items am I going to let go on that same day? And it, it talked about doing the same thing spiritually. What like negative, you know, self-talk or comments from somebody else did I allow in that day? And what am I going to let go out? I thought, oh man, you are so smart. That is so
1: good. That is really good to consciously think of what to release from our minds. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I like you, Lisa. We connect that way. I like that a lot. This I'm going to be thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, this has been fun. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge for so many listeners to really think about the process of how they feel and what they wear, because it's it's not about the clothes. Today matters. Today matters. Yes. Um, so, Lisa, tell people how
1: they can find you. StylishSparrow.com. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook okay. under Stylish Sparrow. And on Instagram, it's under the stylish
0: sparrow. Got it. And um, is that, I think you have a special for our listeners, right? I do. Oh yeah, what's I that? Do. I would love to get in the yes. closet
1: with you if you're listening okay. right now, and Yay, I can do ladies. that virtually okay. through um, Zoom is the platform I use for that, and it's been going really well. So, um, and also, of course, in person for those of you that live in the Denver metro area. So I'm offering fifty dollars off a closet session for you, and that would bring it down to three twenty-nine.
0: Excellent. Well, that's really kind of you. Thank you. And and for those of you listening, listen, this is absolutely an amazing opportunity to level up yourself. Not just not just level up your clothes. It, that's gonna ha- that's gonna just be a byproduct of leveling up yourself and how you feel in what you wear. And this is I think this is really great. So I really appreciate you coming on, Lisa. You're amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been so much fun. I can't wait with to you. and you're
0: gonna come in my closet soon. I mean, all of this change has happened for me and that's just from all of our conversations. That's not from you being in my closet. So listen up. Maybe we'll do maybe we should record a podcast and actually do the process. Oh <gasps> okay. Let's do it. Okay. So we're gonna consider this part one. There'll be a part two where we you come in and do the do the process with me and we'll record it and we'll talk about it and I like to share that with our listeners because they like to experience what I'm experiencing. So there we go. We've got a plan. You're going to see Lisa again. But before we go, can you tell us what your percentage of grit and grace is? I would say 50-50, and it depends on the day. That's a high five. That is uh, 100% my goal, at least. Um, I sit way grittier than graceful most days. um, But my goal is to try to have as much grace as I have as grit. And so I love that. Thanks. Well, okay. Um, I'm going to put all of the show notes together that will have all the information on how you guys can get in touch with Lisa. Lisa, do you have any final words before I wrap this up?
1: Dress to express yourself, not to impress others. That's what I would say. And I would also say we rise
0: to the level that we are dressed. Mm, That's so good. Thank you, Lisa. There's a button there that's just below where you're listening that will allow you to get in touch with me directly, and I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you think about the show, or if you'd like to reach reach Lisa directly, I'm happy to make an introduction. And if you're listening on any of your favorite apps, and that's like iTunes, Spotify, um, Himalaya, whatever it might be, leave us a rating and give us a comment, because we love to hear from you, and we'll keep bringing you all this great information about amazing women like Lisa that are doing great things. Now, my friends, go be fierce. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to visit our new subscription box site, Grit, Grace and Glory at GX3box.com. There you can find out how you can sign up to receive monthly inspiration, education and some special stuff to help celebrate you. And the best part is every box will have a contribution to a nonprofit or social enterprise because we all know we like to be our best and give back to the community at the same time. So don't miss out. GX3box.com.